When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Shane Oliver Experience. Glad to be back. Thank you very much for having me. Tonight we have Claire from Bone Marrow, the track you just heard there, Luscious Zombie. Where'd that one come from? I love uh, that name. Luscious Zombie. I think it may have something to do with um, our vocalist and maybe somewhere she may have experienced a workplace scenario without oh. giving too many hints away. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Awesome song. Where, so so she's the one who does the the super hectic growls? Is, yeah, is that yeah. Right? Um, yeah, you get the kind of distorted pitch shifted vocals and I just do some weird, you know, growls in the background occasionally from time to time. <laughs> That's great. And so you also play in Terramata as well. Is, am I saying that right? Terramata? Yeah, yeah, Terramata. It, it actually um, means Mother Earth in Latin coming from ancient Rome goes with the whole concept. And yeah, I play strings and share uh, dual vocals in that band. Yeah. Dual vocals. Um, Who was the other vocalist? Cause I have seen you guys play. It was at the bowls club. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. um, Out at East Brisbane. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Who was the other vocalist? Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. He's one of the guitarists. We've got two guitarists, but yeah, he, he shares vocals and does guitar too. Yeah. He also is, um, yeah, a pretty good drummer. Um, he used to drum for the meat as well as oh, battery yeah, yeah, the meat. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so um, Bone Marrow was first before Terramata, is no, that right? No, the other way around. Terramata has been going probably, I think, a couple of years now, like maybe a bit over two years. Yeah. And um, Bone Marrow has only really popped up in the last sort of, I think, Five, six months, I'd reckon. Yeah, yeah, right. And so with those two bands, you've mm-hmm. got uh, yourself and Terramata playing the violin yeah, um, and vocals and is is that – do you play bass as well in that or is no. that in Bone Marrow that you play bass? In Bone Marrow I play bass guitar. In Terramata I generally – a few times live I've done cello through a loop as well while I play electric violin. But um, oh, okay. in the studio I actually put in some layers of cello as well as the – like the acoustic classical violin, the electric violin, and also a viola on the last oh, one. Oh, okay. So there's a just, you know, a few stringed layers going on. <laughs> cool, cool. So Terramata's taken a lot of influence from the that sort of era. Like you were saying before, it's a, a Latin term, so a lot of the influence or style of writing that you um, make would be uh, – Coming from that uh, environment that you're after, would you um, say? Or? I think that t- whole Terramata thing, we were all sitting together on a veranda somewhere at one of the guys' places and brainstorming ideas for the band name. And it, I think it just came up. We were, because I mean, we knew we wanted that environmental kind of conservation concept yep. in the music and with the band itself. So, you know, 
Terramata came up and it was like, oh, Mother Earth, that fits. And um, but stylistically, it's probably not based on like any Latin or ancient Roman stuff. It's just like an influence that you take from it. Yeah, it's kind of I guess it it helps inform the the kind of lyrical concepts, whereas stylistically it's like a lot of the influences um, I think are coming from, you know, crust bands probably like uh, full of Ephraphra, of course, and. I mean, for me, Scafosi is a huge one. Like, I, I'm a big fan of um, any type of band that likes to incorporate, vi- like, it, as an example for you guys, like violin or yeah. piano and stuff like that. Like Flesh God Apocalypse is probably one of oh, my yeah. favorite death metal bands <laughs> at, at the moment. And, I mean, the pianist is just in an, in insane. Like yeah. he, he just comes up with some stuff that you just you wouldn't imagine would fit in that yeah. style. but their their background and stuff and and how they write their tunes i, I love it, it yeah it, it, it's such a crazy concept as well and it fits and i'm a really big fan of that style of music as well so for you guys coming out with terramata i had to listen to both i haven't i've gotten halfway through it because i was on the way listening to the <laughs> second okay. song they're pretty um, long <laughs> yeah um but I've, I've already listened to the first one i mean i yeah. saw it live too yeah and yeah it was it, it's awesome yeah. I, it's a banger i love they, they I go love it. i don't um we kind of write it in like in sections so um instead of like a typical you know punk song where you might in other bands i've been in where you might have verse chorus you know bridge or whatever it just kind of is more of like a tetris thing Mm. where it's just one block of music and then we move on to the next one and then the next one and it kind of just builds and builds and goes ups and downs and yeah and then all of a sudden it ends up being like 17 and a half minutes and you're like what have we done here well (laughs) that was the next question i was gonna ask how did you come up with 17 minutes i don't even know the the last the last band i listened to that had (laughs) a song over 10 minutes was Mastodon yeah. and that was the last Baron and that was like 13 minutes and I, then I thought no one's going to fucking top that <laughs> and then you guys come along and you got 17 minutes yeah. and it's not boring even from, you know, like it, it's there's really good progression throughout the whole song so it doesn't really get boring at any point from, from my personal uh, uh, yeah. experience listening to it. Thanks for that. Know? No, no, that's <laughs> all good. That that's just that's uh, just my taste. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, definitely towards the end of the songwriting processes when we spend a fair bit working out how to, you know, transition between the different sections that we've kind of created. So a lot of it's like how can we get from that to there fluidly? Um, if we did a bit of a pause last time around, we want to try mm. something different. So often there's a bit of experimentation of different things until we all, I guess, agree that it's like, yeah, that's it. And it just collectively kind of goes from there. Is it fairly s- straining mentally to try and remember all the parts that you have to play live or you've just done it so many times that you just know what you've got to play? Yeah, like it's everyone long, says a, that. A very long song and I can <laughs> imagine that there'd be – You'd have to concentrate for a- maybe. I think maybe Bredo with the as a drummer has a bit more of a hard time because yeah. yeah, he's he's pretty um pushed in some sections. Like some bits, we go, oh, we need a little slow melodic bit here to give Bredo a rest because he's yep. just been furiously debating for a while. So he's <laughs> yeah. up for Bredo. Um, but yeah, I have heard that a lot. Like, how do you remember that? That's so long, but. I guess, I mean, you have to, uh, the way I think of it is if you're just a band getting up doing, say, a 15, 20-minute set of songs, mm. well, that's pretty much the same content. It's just that we don't have pauses between the sections. We yeah. just have kind of fused it into one track. So, so yeah. if, you, if you wanted to break down 
the song, yeah. that, uh, <laughs> the song yeah. that you have, you could turn it into separate songs. Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah. Like there are definite sections of that that could be their own songs, but instead we've kind of, yeah, made it more of an epic one track, you know, yeah. like just put it all together somehow. Yeah, a mindful <laughs> journey. I guess. I like <laughs> so what sort of um, influences do you take from other bands for this sort of – do you take influences, sorry, I should say, uh, uh, from other bands to do this? Or I mean, I, I know the guys themselves, like, I mean, they come up kind of with the riffs primarily. I, I'm just there towards tacking on kind of melodies and yep. some noise elements with, like, in the part two we just um, are releasing uh, next month, it, like – trying to mimic whales using a stringed instrument. And, you know, that's, I guess, an inspiration from when I've been surfing and I've actually heard whales underwater. And oh, that'd then, be surreal. <laughs> then like I, for a while I was going a bit strange in the, in the studio and I was doing all these bends on cello and viola and, and violin. And I ended up starting to think it was sounding like, like alien cows or something. And I had to stop because I was like, I don't think we're with the whales anymore. No, no we've drifted. We've <laughs> yeah, gone, we've drifted we've, to yeah. alien out of space cows. Ex- experimenting gone wrong. Yeah, yeah we no. got a review actually just like I we just posted it last night. I think it only came out a few days ago. And um, I was extremely excited to see that the reviewer had noticed that there were whales and I was like, yes. Oh, really? They, they you know, someone picked up that it was whales, not some weird type of, yeah, alien Oh, that's cow. awesome. <laughs> oh, great. So um, do you take uh, favourite bands and influences from them? Have you ha, – what, what started you to get into that sort of thing? Uh, well – I mean, okay, as a teenager, I, I grew up on a coastal community surfing and skateboarding heaps and, yep. you know, it was around the time that 90s like kind of melodic pop punk was out there and um, I guess, you know, I'm a little classical violinist, pianist girl and I'm hearing this stuff and then, you know, you you listen to Burning Heart Records and all of a sudden there's Raised Fist or 59 Times the Pain and I was like, what is this? And it was really kind of angry, you know, heavier music than I'd really heard much of before, you know, apart from Pantera or Slayer or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I like this. I just, I guess I like the energy of the music. Yeah. Um, for me with the strings, I've guess I've taken, um, inspiration from like Godspeed, you black emperor. Like I really have loved that band for years and, um, they're like a collective where they have, you know, a rotating shift of people that come and go that supply different instruments. So you won't have the same people in that group from record or album to album. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they definitely feature strings um, within the music and it doesn't just sound like, you know, the band's made something and then they've gone to a studio and put the strings on top. It's really kind of ingrained within the music. And that was, I guess, a bit of an eye-opener for me as to how, you know, the classical strings could gel with heavier types of music and it could really sound beautiful, but also there's that kind of, I guess, rage within it mm. and it's like a contrast. More Say uh, an authenticity to it? Um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd, I'd hope it sounds authentic. Yeah. It's something we're all pretty passionate about, like, well, I, I say authentic, like you, you're actually using the instrument, like oh, you're yeah. playing it, you know, like you're not actually having to add it over it, like layering yeah. it over yourself with like the machine sort of thing. Or yeah, we're not like, yeah, putting in a violin on a synth or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and I tend to use my 
in the studio with recording for Terramata, I use my antique violin rather than I use the electric violin for the harsh distortion stuff. Okay. But then for the, you know, the pretty melodies, I really love that raw kind of tone of yeah. this like, yeah, old violin from Saxony in 1859. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So do you, so you learn music classic like classical music when you were younger so you can read sheet music yeah yeah sorry that, that mike nearly dropped in my face that's okay yeah i um i i guess i i think the whole reason i got into it was i was in grade three and my best friend at the time up in townsville sarah Bennell, wanted to go to the meeting to learn cello she didn't want to go by herself she was a bit shy so yep. she kind of you have to come with me you know and i was like oh, okay went to this meeting with her and then Pretty sure she only stuck with the cello for a few months and I, I don't know why, but I just kind of, it just, I kept going with it and yeah, it wasn't. An you were you were getting some enjoyment out of it by the sounds of it. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that came first and then piano a couple of years later and then I just taught myself guitar and that when I was a teenager because they're all stringed instruments. So And they, they still follow the same sort of scale as well, like note wise, don't they? Or, um, or similar? It's just, it, I mean, you've got the... If you want to go into the technical elements of it, like the the guitar strings, you know, the tune from E to A to D to G, et cetera. Yeah. So that's like E, F, G, A, so it's a fourth. Yeah. Whereas the violin itself and the cello and viola and all that, they're tuned in fifths, so not yep. fourths. It's like G, D, A, E, so it's like G, A, B, C, D. It's in fifths, not fourth intervals. Yeah. <laughs> do you, so do you experiment with a lot of tunings and stuff like that when you guys play? Um. Well, I personally – um, I play just standard, like what's called concert tuning, which is just C. So I don't change my strings, but the do, the guys all on bat- bass and guitar, they're tuned to B, I believe. So yeah, oh, okay. they, they play in B and Hunter himself uses a, I think a seven string. So yeah, nice. he gets some um, interesting kind of colors in the chords that he creates. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 one of the lucky ones where I'm a left-hander as well, so I've got to I've got to be I've got to be careful with. Well, I wouldn't say careful, but I don't have much variety as as the right-handed people. So if I find a good guitar, you stick I, with I've it. Stuck with it. Yeah. So I I used to have two. I recently sold another one because um, I just didn't use it anymore. So I kept my main one, and yeah, I won't let go of that one for a fair while. You know, you find a good instrument, and you hang with it, sort of thing. Yeah, that's like me and my bass. Like I've been pretty happy with that instrument since I got it. It's a spectre and um, it's because I've got tiny hands. Like look at my hands. They're like carny <laughs> hands. They're really small. And um, on bass I was I didn't want to just get it like a squire or, you know, look like I wasn't playing a full fretboard. So yeah. maybe it's my sense of self-importance or whatever. But I was like, no, I'm going to, you know, if they can play a full bass, I'm going to play a full fretboard bass. And yep. just the way that it's angled on, on, on my particular instrument, I can actually fit the one to four frets. So Yep. You know, I was like stoked on that and I'm, you know, I love that bass. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get it, when you get an instrument that you like, you always want to keep it. Like I remember my first guitar was like some off brand. I think the brand was Magnum and it had oh, the same, Magnum. Yeah, and it had the same body as the, the Strat or whatever. The head looked like some eagle looking thing. <laughs> it was fucking shit. Uh, but it was, I had it for so long and I could just, it was so easy to tune and stuff. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it would never go out of tune. I had it for years. Yeah. I, had I, had to, I was sad when I gave away my first electric guitar. It was a Kermit green, like slime green colored Ibanez. And I got oh. it from an Ipswich Cashies. So yeah, I reckon I, was, I know yeah. what those ones are like. Yeah. yeah I love that cool. guitar, but it was really light, really good to play because it was so light. Yeah. But yeah. I kind of started accumulating too many guitars and 
when you end up with a piano and a keyboard and then your cello and your violins and electric violin and your basses and your guitars, it's just you can't have five of each, you know. Where else are you going to put I've got them? an apartment. <laughs> I can't fit all that in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's true. I mean, apartments don't give you much space to do that sort of thing unless you start hanging them up on the walls and stuff. Yeah, so. but you can't help yourself. Like I went out last year and then I found another guitar I fell in love with. So, yeah, yeah now I've got my two electric guitars still. So, <laughs> yeah. That's Luckily great. we got enough room under the bed to store them. I actually changed my bed, not because it wasn't comfy or anything, but so I could get one that I could slide all my my guitars and basses under it for yep. extra storage space. So <laughs> yeah, I literally bought that bed committed. frame so I could slide. Yeah. So I had storage space for my instruments. <laughs> yeah. That's committed to it though. Um little bit off topic here, but um so just recently you guys announced as well uh with uh sorry, is it Terramata? Mm-hmm. Uh uh, no, sorry, it was bone, bone marrow. marrow. Bone marrow that you got support slots for incantation. I just saw that one pop up recently. Yeah, that only came chaos. out. If that was really quick. That was kind of like this promoter was kind of really excited and you know wanted a confirmation, and we were all like, "Well, yeah, I of mean, course, yeah. Uh, look who it's with." And then um, all of a sudden, it, it's already up. Like it was pretty quick, and um, that just got announced probably in the last few days, and. Yeah, that's on Monday the 24th of June, so at yeah. the Crowbar with um, a Brazilian band as well, Nervo Chaos. Yeah, yeah. And um, then another local band called that have been around for years called Laceration Mantra. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard those guys before. We're pretty we're, – we're kind of like, wow, like we've just only put a demo out. We've only been around a few months and, yeah. you know, we've landed this support – like opening, but the support slot. So that's, you know, I mean, Well, I mean, you're on good. the bill. <laughs> you're on the bill. Get that printed out. Two, two, two big international bands yeah. and you guys are on it. It doesn't matter where you're playing. Like that's that's awesome. And it's not the first time you guys have had um, some international uh, supports or opening spots as well, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, with Ter- with Terramata, um last year we supported Nails and that was really good. Like I think the main thing when you end up kind of getting an opportunity where you get to, tour, you know, I mean play with one of those bigger bands that's got a bit more of a reach is that – people that otherwise wouldn't know about your little underground local band kind of might be into it a bit and go, oh, you know, I hadn't heard of this band, but they're okay. And so that's, you know, one of the good things about playing those, I guess, bigger shows, if you want to say that. Yeah. Well, you get more people come up to you and go, that was sick, man. Like yeah. it, it could only be a couple of people that might want to check out your stuff, but there's another two people that want to listen to your jams, you know, like it, yeah. it's much, it's, it's awesome exposure because you're going to get a good crowd come to a show like that. Yeah. Too. I mean, Nails sold out. I was super nervous, like, um, kind of, I knew Nails might, like, I love the band, but I knew that they might bring a bit of that bro crowd and, um, they'd get there and see some chick with a violin, you know, yeah. screaming into a mic. And I was like, oh, all the bros are just going to turn their back on me. And I was oh, getting God. really anxious, but you know, then we, we got up there and we just played and, you know, couldn't really see into the crowd, which was good because of the light. So it was just playing to kind of darkness. And yep. then, yeah, the response was pretty good. And all these guys came up and we, we you know, got some of the recordings or shirts and had a chat to us. And 
So that was cool. That's awesome because, yeah, uh, Pov played on that too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pov already pulled Bretto again. He had <laughs> yeah. to play two sets in a row. Oh, yeah. smashing He's a man. champion. I don't know how he does it. I, I couldn't. Like some of the shows we've been playing lately out of Ipswich, um, yeah. had Bad Habits, like which R.A.P. Bad Habits. But, um, yeah, I heard about that yeah, too, R.A.P. But, um, yeah, so hot. And, um, oh, dude, yeah. You know, Ipswich is just a stinker of a place too. Really hot. And um, I just think if I'm hot, and I've just got a little bow and, you know, fiddling around here. I just look back at Brett and there's just sweat just spraying off his arms, his eyebrows, like everywhere. And he always has a spare <laughs> shirt. And, I'm, you know, that was one of the first times I was like, oh, I need a spare shirt too because I got a bit of a sweat up and I wasn't even drumming. <laughs> yeah, right. Far out. So in in speaking of um, other places as well where you've played, yeah. um, uh, where, how far have you actually gone um, touring? Um, Have you got any uh, good stories as well along the way? Oh, there'd probably be a few stories. Well, um, I mean, Bone Marrow, we just went down a few weeks ago, just did three shows and three nights. It was a bit of a, you know, an expedition of survival there. We're doing the highway drive down and back, just the three of us and yeah. only two of us drive. And um, obviously it was pretty hot, you know. And uh, we were doing, we are playing Brisbane, Newcastle and Sydney with uh, a band from Adelaide called Meth Leopard, a two-piece grind um, band. I'm a big fan of yeah. those guys too. They're awesome. They, they kick it. Really nice guys too. <laughs> yeah. And you just see them, they look so ferocious and then they're like, hi, how are you? Yeah. That was they're really, set. they're really <laughs> nice chill dudes as yeah. well. And the drummer's just this giant unit, just nonstop double kicks. Yeah. And he's like, hey, how are you, man? Oh, well, there's a story. <laughs> okay. We were in Newcastle and we saw them, the two of them walking up the main road of Newey and they're carrying these big, like, you know, a suitcase full of all his snare and drumming gear and, you know, um, Ryan's Cheeseman's got another big bag and they'd already mentioned they'd be catching the train to Sydney and they were like buckling in their backs. And so I ran over the road and I was like, Oh, do you want to chuck those bags in our van? So yeah, yeah we just, we, they came over and we put all their stuff in the van so they could, didn't have to carry it around. Yeah. So that was oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine that would have been fun to nah. put and all that shit around. I, no yeah. Way. Helped them out a bit. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, so there was the meth leopard one you did recently? Yeah, um, I could have sworn that you guys had something else that you just played before that. I'm mm, trying which, to remember with what bone it, marrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've only really played bone marrow in Brisbane and Ipswich. Um, we are going to be playing on the Goldie um, mm. early March with a few bands from down south as well. Uh, you oh, know, cool. cool. It's, I don't know if I can say too much because it hasn't been announced at this moment, but, um, you know, it's, yeah, a bunch of uh, two bands from down south coming up and um, got, like, I think eight bands on the Gold Coast show and yeah, oh, four wow. bands on the Friday night show in Brisbane with Shit Grinder and Unbound doing the local supports for that one. Oh, cool. So, yeah, um, I know that Terra Mata, I mean, we went down and played Hobart last year in March for Dark Days. Yeah. That was a really great weekend. That was the first time they had that festival down there. And, they were, you know, it was just a great time. Everyone was just having really fun times. And, you know, it was it's beautiful down there. I mean, you know, you think about the fires down there at the moment. Yeah, it's they're getting ra- <laughs> They're getting ravaged. Pretty terrible. It's hot as 
balls everywhere at the moment. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I've, I've just no, there has been no relief. And then up north, they're getting swamped with rain. Yeah, Townsville, well. my, my birthplace is like underwater. So, yeah. you know, I, I know that they've um, unlocked the Ross River de- Dam for the, I'm probably going off topic for music, oh, but oh no, yeah, Ross fine. River Dam, they're like for the first time since like 2006 or something, they've had to open it up because yeah, no it's kidding. so full. Yeah. yeah, overflowing, surely. Yeah, but um, we're going to head back down. Um, Later in the year, hopefully, if we get invited back to Dark Days because we liked it so much. Yeah. It's just going to be later in the year, um, October this year, I believe, um, oh, cool. rather than March for, for the Dark Days Festival in Hobart. And, um, yeah, I mean, Terra Mata, we haven't, we haven't actually had a chance yet to tour in a state. We've just, I guess, been more focused on recording in the studio and just playing around the place. Like Lismore, we've gone down a few times. Yeah, and, getting you the know, stuff out there sort Ipswich, of switch Brizzy, uh, but yeah, not not in a state yet. And so we're really looking forward to once we get the albums, which are being shipped out at the moment from Germany, that we're, we're going to take off and tour down, I think, Victoria, um, like Melbourne, Sydney, Newey. I don't, we haven't quite exactly worked out dates or anything yet. We're just waiting to get the records in a hand. Yeah, yeah, don't just wanna, getting confirmation. Yeah, don't want to do that that tour that everyone hates when you're like, yeah, we're doing the album tour and then you don't actually have them with you. So <laughs> no, I couldn't imagine that being know, a good point. I get oh, excited I've, about things, but Hunter yeah, that's, was. That's happened to me. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. What, Sorry, everyone. This as well. This is Luke. As well, sorry. Yeah. He's, he's uh, a, just, <laughs> I've invaded this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, the, feet, the pool Luke, man has arrived. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's happened to me yeah, before well, uh, well, with Frame, and it is the most stressful thing ever. We we were very lucky. We got it the day before we were meant to go to yeah. Perth. Oh man, yeah. And so me and Jerry from Frame were up all night just, beforehand. Just assembling all these seven inches, yeah, and then get on a plane and fly to Perth, and but that that's means a really big You had them. You did. You we, had we, we had them, but we very nearly. But you had them. I'm talking about that feeling of you know, oh, like oh no, like yeah, we don't have it. We didn't get it in time. Like at least you got them the night before. It was a butt clench moment, though. I well, could imagine. I could imagine it would have been a butt clench <laughs> moment because, yeah, album tour, don't have albums. What do you do? What do you do then? What do you say to them? Oh, just just buy some shirts. I mean, you, yeah. it could still work out, but the whole premise of it, you just you'd be kicking yourself. Yeah, we're just playing you know? it safe because we really, you know, we're so we're so happy that we actually, like, you know, get to put out a full length LP. Like, um, five labels came in and helped us co-release it. So. You know, um, it's just amazing that we actually will have uh, like an actual record. Like I've only ever done kind of digital or cassette or even CDs, but even in one of my old bands called Shakes, um, we actually were going to put out a seven inch, but then kind of the week we were kind of mixing it, our drummer went off with another band. Um, They got signed to a label over in Europe, so it never got put out. And yeah, so spewing. I was close to the record back then years ago and then it didn't, you know, it didn't happen. So uh, it's yeah. good that this one seems to be coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah. This one's a win for sure. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> 
So in, in saying that with these releases, uh, with the releases coming out and yeah. booking these shows, have, how have the venues and promoters been in, in terms of getting them booked and, and, and even just dealing with them? Has it been smooth sailing so far for both bands? Um, well, we're um, like I get pretty excited about organising things, but the guys are all like, Claire, wait till the records are in our hands till you organise the dates. But, yeah, we've got some good mates already. Um, in Sydney and Newcastle and Melbourne that have offered to help out. So sometimes it just makes it a bit easier if they know the people because they're from that area to make connections with the venue. And, um, you know, obviously you can kind of say which bands you might like to have on the lineup, but then, you you know, they're people you trust so they know what's going on in their city a bit more than, you know, us up here in Queensland. So, um, I mean, in terms of booking I've been booking a few shows lately and um, Brisbane's kind of getting a bit harder these days, to be honest, to oh, okay. find places sometimes, like especially if there's a weeknight show. Um, yeah, like I, I know one of the places in West End that puts on a few shows, we had a booking through them for a, a Thursday night show and then they cancelled it um, with the reasoning that it would in, it would disrupt the front bar patronage. So, you know, you hear, I guess there's some heavy bands and there are places then that go, oh, no, we don't really want you to be loud here. So They sort of change their minds yeah. after they realise what, what you intend to play. Or, well, that or was with Meth Leopard, so I guess with a name like Meth Leopard. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is. I suppose that would make it just a tad interesting for the promoter or the venue just to see that on their bill. Oh, and yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like emailing promoters, I mean, emailing venues and you're asking for date availabilities and they're going, can you please send through links of the band and their name and some videos and footage? And then you're like, okay, oh, yeah, here's some yeah, meth it. And, yeah. and yeah, the guy's like going, oh, we had a problem with meth here the other weekend. I hope you guys. And it's like, no, it's just the band name. They're really. <laughs> Don't no. take it literally. It's, yeah, it's, it's not literal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, what we'll get into the scene stuff like the music, the yeah. actual scope of the scene afterwards. Uh-huh. What we'll do now is we'll, we'll take a quick break. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because the first song is going to be about 17 minutes anyway. You're not playing the whole uh, song. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It's we'll a play long whole song. song. Let people get into it. This is the whole point. We, we want right. everybody to hear your stuff. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to have a brief break and uh, we're going to throw on uh, Terramata's uh, holo- uh, sorry, um, Holocene Extinction. Yes, that's the word. Sorry, part I had one a brain two, fart which there. One? Uh, part one. Part one. Part one. about the trees and the yes. forest. Yes, so part one's going to roll up first now and then we're going to be finishing the night off with the second one. But we'll get to yep. that one later. Yep. In the meantime, we'll, we'll jam this one out and we'll catch you back shortly. Okay, sounds good.
Well, that was an experience. <laughs> 17 minutes of pure bliss, I found that to be. Um, again, writing that song, how, how long actually did it, did it take to write it? Yeah, we call that one our baby because it actually took nine months like a like a human fetus. <laughs> nine months to write Yeah, it. like, I mean, only kind of casual fortnightly jams at each other's houses until we get towards the end where we, you know, go into the studio like to jam. But, um, yeah, that one took nine months. The second one it didn't take as long. It was like four months. But even then, like, I remember playing it at the tape launch at, you know, the I think it was right at the end of 2017. But you know, it wasn't really ready until a few weeks before we recorded it, which was pretty much July of last year. So there's just a lot of, I mean, arrangement and fine tuning and, you know, you can have the general riffs and everything, but I guess because we take a few influences, like there's some blast beats, bits in part two that we didn't have in part one, you know, bringing in a few more stringed instruments with the viola and stuff. And, you know, there's also kind of those doomy sludgy bits so yeah. as well as some, I guess, hardcore kind of influence bits. So it all just is this kind of, I guess, we're trying to make it not a chaotic mix of all that if you're jumping between a few different styles. So you wanted the structure there, obviously. Yeah, well, to we, try just, and well keep- we just wanted to flow between the parts so it doesn't sound too separated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, there's that black metal-y bit and there's that you know, D-beat bit. We kind of just wanted to fuse, yeah. like to bring it all together. Yeah. Yeah. I think you did a really good job with it, oh, to tell thanks. you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty happy with it. Like we've all played in a lot of bands and, I mean, a lot of those guys in Terramata have played in bands together. Yeah. Um, like the forerunner was really Heralds of Destruction, which had, um, I mean, Brett and, and Hunter and Shep, like three of them playing together. So, you know, I've played with Adam and with Brett in a couple of different bands, like – always hunger and stuff and I guess and we've all been mates for years so I don't really know how it kind of comes together but it just seems to do that okay yeah yeah awesome because yeah like as I said earlier I'm a big fan of like the big epic feel sort of songs as well and 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 when when other instruments outside of what you would normally hear in those sort of uh, genres yeah I get a kick out of that and just adding extra instruments to that sort of thing it just gives it a new, uh, a different approach and a different sound to it that I think can catch a lot of people's attention. Yeah. And that's I'm, always a good way to get a, a wider audience too. Yeah, well, it, it can, I guess it can in that way appeal to it. You know, it's not just, I guess, those, you know, crust punks. It can appeal to people who still like heavy music <laughs> but, you know, um, maybe are more into sludgy doom or like, you know, people who like different types of styles but they all come under that broad banner of like kind of downtune heavy heavy music yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly the sort of stuff i like to hear too (laughs) you know and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that absolutely love hearing that sort of stuff as well you know that's good (laughs) yeah the more well the more exposure to this sort of thing as well the better I, i i think anyway but we were talking about uh, before we um, played uh, played the song mm. um, about uh, like uh, you, were, you were saying about Brisbane with the scene struggling a little bit in in that essence of being able to book shows. Um, can, maybe a little bit in your experience, the ups and downs of not just Brisbane per se, but just in the in the time you've been playing shows. Um, has it has it jumped sporadically in terms of um, where you can play and what, uh, what the venues yeah, like, are like? I mean, over over the years, I think what you see are the kind of patterns of when 
someone comes in and, you know, they, they're really contributing and they might like sun distortion or something or, you know, even earlier than that, it was like a Himsa house and West End, like that's mid-2000s. And then um, like there, I think what happens is if, 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 if this, if not the scene, but if those types of bands can only play at a few limited venues and then if those venues shut down, um, then it's harder to, where do you play? Like, you, you know, mm. it's hard to just, I guess, email um, your local pub and go, hey, can we come along and play? Like, yeah. you know, they might just want a cover artist there playing some happy sing-along songs. So When I started getting more into going out to gigs and stuff, I think I was about oh, 15 or 16 or something mm. like that. Um, uh, the best, the most popular venue for that time for me was yeah. the Princess Theatre with oh, so yeah. many gigs going on there yeah. for ages. And then it just suddenly stopped. Um, there wasn't really any sort of, like, it, there was no word of what happened to it sort of thing. I didn't know. But apparently now it's owned by a church or something like that and they, they, they don't put any gigs on there anymore, which sucks because there used to be gigs on there like every week or every two weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, noise restrictions kind of came in. Um, you know, you get inner city suburbs that have put on a lot of these sort of shows and then they get gentrified and then mm. the people that move there because it's kind of hip and trendy and alive and breathing, they then are like, oh, it's too noisy. Yeah. Like I know <laughs> I know at East Brizzy Bowls, like, you know, they, when we were playing there just a few weeks ago, um, the guy at the behind the bar would come and keep shutting the door because they've had noise complaints from people living in apartments that are like up above the, the bowls things like hundreds yeah. of meters away. And you know, they've moved into a place that's basically just a bridge from the, you know, from Fortitude Valley. Yeah. And um, they're expecting it to be peaceful and quiet even on a weekend night. And it yeah, just that's... is a bit of a disconnect. But I know in Sydney there's been some issues too with um, venue since the lockout laws came in. Yeah, there's been a lot of issues in Sydney. A lot of a lot of pubs and a lot of hotels and mainstays for a good long while just kind of sh- shutting up shop. It's not really worth it to go ahead and keep catering for it. Like wasn't the Croatian club one of the main places? Oh, the Croatian club out in Newcastle. Uh, yeah, that was um, uh, for, for Newcastle, like that was a really big, important place yeah. for them. Uh, that was more so just a, a change of hands yeah. kind of situation. The, the, yeah, the old owner, Pavo, like was more than happy to have people come along. It's just as long as you were there and you're buying beers, like you yeah. don't care. But <laughs> just this new this new, this new guy comes in and he's like, I I don't want these rap scallions, you know, coming yeah. in and making it looks bad for awful business noise. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's the Valve Bar in Sydney that still like has a pretty supportive, you know, if you get people in there that love the music and love live music and supporting it, and it's great. Like, I mean, there's Unite Common House just up the road. Um, there in in the valley and i mean they actually are really good for bands to work with to put on shows yeah um i know flaming galah has just started to book a few shows now which used to be the beetle bar you know east brizzy's still going um a lot of the metal bands in brisbane play out at the back room but they had a change of management and basically high fees went up like real high ever since they had Phil Anselmo. It's like, oh, we, we, we'll charge rock star fees. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but I, I think it might have gone down a bit because they're realising that it's hard to book. Like if it yeah. costs us much money and um, maybe yeah, it's hard to know how many people come to a show to yeah. pay back 
even just to break even on it. Yeah. But um, I mean, Vinny's dive bar on the on the Gold Coast has just been started up the last, I think, last few months, and that's going pretty good guns. I mean, Glenn, the drunk promoters, moved up from Victoria, and you know he's up there, and you know he's gone and got a venue going, which is pretty brand friendly. So that's good. Yeah. Like I I've booked had any a show there. With sound, obviously. <laughs> sound and uh, noise complaints, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a show down there on the 9th of March with um, quite a few local bands as well as those two interstates and like Shackles are, are going to be playing yeah. and um, a Gold Shackles. Coast band called Valhalla Mist that we played with at Fat yeah, Louis a few Fat- months ago, which is a bit more of a, what would you call it, Luke? Like a. The beat down, hardcore, beat down, hardcore. Hard, hardcore beat down shit, <laughs> swinging like, fists. Oh, but, uh, yeah, HXC that. And up. then yep. um, <laughs> Bone were playing that one, and Frame Three One Three, Luke and Jez's band, and um, Poverotti, because we're all great mates. Yeah, so yeah. I think we're gonna camp down there for the night at Southport and just have a really good time. That'd be fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. awesome. I might come down to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay it'll on be my camp. I, I, I got a camp. I got a camper van, so I'll I'll, I'll be down for Ninth that. Ninth of March, sure. do it, Vinny's dive bar. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I haven't been out of the coast for, for quite a while as yeah, well. Yeah, come, come do it. It'll be fun. Fuck, I'll, you've you've convinced me. I'm coming. Yes. All right, sweet. Oh, actually, there is one thing I did want to say about like that venue thing that you had mentioned. Yeah, like, yeah. This is coming from an outsider's perspective, only having lived in Queensland for like, a grand total of about four or five months at this point. Yeah, yeah. But um, one thing I see is that there's not a lot of more like creative like DIY spaces mm. popping up. Yeah, in Brisbane, as there is, you know, in comparison to probably like Sydney so, or like Melbourne, like small shows we played down small, in Sydney, yeah, and that's shows. great. Um, like it would. Uh, so by DIY, do you mean like a people's houses, or do you mean like just people's like houses, just like getting real creative with it, warehouse spaces. But we don't know. have yeah. so many, you know, graffitied alleyways that we can have generators in or like the cops won't yeah. come in 15 minutes to shut it down. We don't have, I mean, apart from the Port of Brisbane, which I've thought about, like, yeah. you know, getting a big just a, what are those shipping containers and having a show in a shipping container on the port <laughs> or something. That would be fucked. That would be cool. They're just, Hot as fuck, but It's that would hard be cool. to find, yeah, I guess industrial warehousing spaces. Like, you know, you might see find down in Melbourne and Sydney more. Yeah, right. I, I, I wasn't putting it more as a, like a detriment, like I'm wagging the finger and saying, hey, shame on you, You were Brisbane. wagging your finger. <laughs> but uh, it's just like, it's a little disheartened that, you know, they're. Oh, we just is, had is, that is, house party disheartened. up the sunny coast um, with Dark Horse coming up last weekend. We went there on Sunday. Um, who was a Nebris bastard and Dark Horse. They played up at Reese's from 10 to Lavender. Mm. They played, um, you know, and I mean, that's pretty much only the place I'm from, the Sunshine Coast. That, yeah. Uh, now that, um, what was the name of the record store? Time Machine and Nambors, you know, that's kind of closed down. So that used to have some yeah. sort of shows. But apart from that, I mean, I'm constantly driving up and down the highway because there's just not anywhere on the coast that will play heavier music. It's just like reggae and funk at the Zolba. Yeah, right. Unless it's a like touring, I don't know, big, Amer- you know, American pop punk band from the nineties or something. I haven't, I haven't seen any, uh, any, well, any gigs that I've been interested in up mm. at, up the sunny coast no. for a fair while. Yeah, not, it's not pretty for a fair sad. while anyway. Because there's there are people out there, but you don't know who they are. Mm. Like you yeah. kind of, if you see someone at the shopping center and they might have a, you know, a band shirt or something on, you just kind of like, ooh, who's that? Like Where, that yeah, who's yeah. that Wildman that keeps driving past. Like, who's like, the wild man? The, the, the dude who's like, I always see in like the parade going up to the Sunshine Plaza and he's on his um, little scooter. 
He's, he's always wearing his Totally Unicorn Oh, yeah, silhouette. you told me about the Totally Unicorn dude. Uh, so we don't I, know who I he is. We, you know? we, don't, we don't know who he is, but he exists. He, he exists. exists. An absolute unit because he's just gunning it He's an enigma. Day. You're not You're not quite sure who he is or what he does. But well, because you don't get to go to shows up there to see that people that are into the same music as you. So, yeah. you know, they kind of all exist. But, like, KP is up there. I mean, Reese is up there. There's a few of us up there, but... You mainly know each other from Brisbane shows because you don't get to see each other like that. Yeah. That sense build that sense of community. Really, it's just everyone's at home, maybe playing their records and getting off on it, but yeah. no one really knows who the other people are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you were saying before as well, like the last DIY show that I'd gone to. I mean, this is going back a few years anyway, and I'd, I'd been a, a bit of a hermit for the last couple, but. The last one I went to was at Cooparoo, it was at a skate park, and that oh, was yeah. uh, Last Chaos, I'm pretty sure, and Pavarotti and um, – Battery Humans played their first show there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were going to organise actually a show no, again. Leftover Crack, sorry. Leftover I said, Crack I, played I, there. I, I said Last Chaos, didn't I? Yeah. I don't know why I said that. Le- that leftover was Crack distort. played there. Yeah. Uh, leftover Crack was touring, yeah. and then they played at uh, Crowbar, I think, later that night, but they yeah, wanted to do a little DIY. DIY. Yeah. Yeah, they'd set that one up. And that was really cool too, but that was – I'm not sure if that was the last time I saw them do a little DIY thing there or not, but yeah. that, sound was awesome, little generator going, getting yeah. all the, getting it all going and stuff like that. And no one around had an issue. Mm. Didn't Cops didn't get called or anything like that. And there was like four four bands or something that played yeah, on it too. I so mean, we were there for a few hours. It could work there, definitely. It, it's just a matter of – um. Will a cop show up or not? But yeah. like we were going to organise, um, you know, a few of the um, people I know in Brizzy, like mainly Jane and Bonnie, we're going to organise um, a skate park show again, mm. just actually in fe- mid-February, I think, um, for a Chinese band called, uh, what is the struggle? Struggle session. Struggle session. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was going to go ahead with the Jenny and everything, but um, couldn't quite get a full lineup for it, so it's just going to be a house party. But that seems to be the alternative, I guess, is – if we don't have those cool warehouse spaces or alleys, mm. it just tends to be at people's houses. But um, there's another element of uh, risk you take with that too, because if it gets a bit too rowdy <laughs> as well, that person's house is going to have uh, a, a, a gay old time trying to get yeah. it cleaned up the next day. It's pretty good. Like up, up at you know Tender House, ever it tends to be the same people that are all kind of mates, and they all respect that space, I guess, because yeah. they know it's someone's house. But that's why it's. There's always a little disclaimer at the bottom of the flyers, like don't bring dickheads or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you, you might be ejected if you're a bit of a dickhead, I guess. <laughs> we have no problem kicking you the fuck out <laughs> if you're going to cause trouble. This is someone's house, you know. Yeah. And we want to have a good time because, you know, this is DIY style. We want people to have a good time and like that, that house show vibe is always mm. brought. Uh, I've been to a couple of house shows as well. Yeah. The vibe's always awesome. Yeah, it's know? always fun. Yeah, and it, it – it makes you want to see it more too. And it also makes you wonder, you know, are they doing that like house show sort of thing because they want to, or is it because they have no choice because no one wants to put them on? Like, where do you start? You know? So, but house shows, you're always able to bring your own booze, mm. you know, and a lot of the people that come will be your friends yeah. as well. And there's always a good vibe. Yeah. It just feels know. a bit like a catch up and there's some musical background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can just let loose mosh and not worry about any of the possible drunken dickheads that you don't want to deal with out in, out, yeah. out at, a, at a venue or something like that. I can totally imagine it. Like, I, like I said, I love house shows and stuff. I, yeah. wish, I hope I, I want there to be more. Um, but yeah, you've always got to think that, might be one one douchebag that decides to come along that could spoil it for the rest of it. But saying that, 
if you can get more venues to be okay with like bands playing at them and not have the issues with sound restrictions and all that sort of shit, mm. you wouldn't have that. That you'd have more exposure as well through like big venues that would put you on the door, sort of thing. And yeah. See, see, see you come in and and away you go. But I suppose it all comes down to what the venue wants to do as well because. They've got a biz. They've they've got a business to yeah. to you know sort of like protect the image sort of thing. But it depends, obviously, who the venue is. Like say Crowbar, like mm. they'll put on a bunch of metal bands or whatever, and not really have an issue with the name sort of thing. But if you want to find, you want to go to a different venue for a change up or whatever, and they, mm. like you said earlier, they might have a, a problem with the band name. Um, yeah. But I suppose times are changing now as well. So hopefully that brings in. Uh, more people that are okay with yeah, we, to, we can always hope. Yeah, always hope for better things. <laughs> exactly. So, in in saying that as well, when when things do get a little bit tough for you, do you like to go travel and stuff like that? Um, I know uh, you've been dealing with a recent injury as well. Um, um well, it, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say recent. I've been but dealing with it recently, but yeah. it's been going on for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's what I was trying to get at. Sorry. Um, so. It, with with going with trying to get the shows going and and having um what what exactly happened anyway uh before I go on further uh, I mean it was just a really bad um ankle break that basically skateboarding down a hill too fast and I know everyone some people said I was intoxicated at the time but I just want to clarify that I wasn't that intoxicated I was carrying the six pack in my hand. And so when I <laughs> fell down, it spilled all over me. And so I'm lying there by the time the ambos get there and they're like, oh, she reeks of booze. But I couldn't say it because I was in too much pain and shock that I was like, no, it's just all this booze that spilled all over me and I stink like a brewery. But yeah, yeah basically um, my foot was a full dislocation. It was an open compound fracture, busted oh, through the tendon, yeah, know you know, angular you- displacement of a fibula. Um, had to have a few surgeries. I had to set the bones twice. I came out the first time screaming. They gave me so much ketamine and morphine. I went into respiratory <coughs> failure. Oh, so Jesus. it was a heavy deal and so, um, it took me into a pretty dark place over the last two years. And, you know, um, music's just been a really great release, I think, for me and a way to channel a lot of energy inside of me in a constructive way rather than a kind of self-destructive way. Yeah, right. <laughs> So not off topic about it because I know it's obviously a, a sucky ex- experience to go through, but did you see bone? I just wanted because compound fractures are, are pretty fucked up and I know, did it did it actually break the skin? Oh, or yeah. It, it, it was like the photo I got when I went in for my first checkup was like oh, going to save it for a gore grind album, I think, because it's pretty oh, brutal. Oh, um, you, you totally should. It, it went cut sick. through uh, the, the tendon. is called the posterior tibialis tendon, but it's one of the main tendons that anchors, um, like anchors your foot to your calf. Yeah. So even now, like my calf and Achilles are a centimetre and a half shorter than my other leg. So it actually has affected like me um, with my other, my knee on that side as well as the ankle and then my hip on the other side and now I found out even my jaw on so the right side. So it's actually shortened that. Yeah, shortened the muscle and tendon in my leg. Yeah, so right. So I compensate with other parts of my body and, you know, even to the extent that I get jaw like issues or pain in my right, my leg side because the whole body's trying to just yeah. go straighter than like to compensate and it's, for and it. And it's, it's- in a way, it's off balance, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. man, that's so fucked up. It's like, pretty heavy, but yeah. um, 
you know, like I definitely, apart from music, like went and got help and, you know, I've had a lot of really supportive friends and family through it and kind of been good seeing someone to talk to about things and even realizing I might actually have impulsive ADHD that I just thought I had a lot of energy growing up, but you know, cause I haven't been able to get out and do physical stuff. All this, you know, pent up energy is raging. Yeah. And it's just <sighs> take, taken over a little bit. Well, I wouldn't say taken over, but it's just, it, it's it taken, it's the forefront of your mind sort of thing. Like yeah. this is what you normally do and now I can't do it. What the fuck do I do now? Sort of thing. It, it just it, becomes a lot more of a kind of emotional mental journey rather than just a physical like the bone fixes that's fine that's early days but then with everything else that goes on with it you know it kind of does affect you on those other levels and I think yeah it's hard sometimes to keep asking for help or a lot of friends come and visit you in the first two weeks and then they forget about you and I know I've used probably Facebook and social media a bit like a blog and you know detailing what I'm going through. But, you know, if I'm sitting at home by myself in a wheelchair, like I, I had to reach out using social media. Abs- absolutely, yeah. Otherwise I was just stuck in this apartment, couldn't get up or downstairs and just kind of getting more and more down every day. And when you're depressed for a while, it can lead to anxiety about, you know, your future. So mm. just trying to get through that time and actually to a point where you feel like, oh, it can get better. It's not mm. hopeless, you know. yeah. I, I know I know what you mean exactly as well. Not in the essence of, you know, absolutely shattering my ankle. Yeah. Um, but with the depression side of things, it weighs you the fuck down. Mm. And there's I from personal experience as well, like there are just some days you just don't want to do anything. Yeah. In my instance, I was uh, in my mm. dealings with my depression, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate that I've always been able to I haven't been limited by uh, being able to go somewhere uh, mm. because I got a working leg sort of thing. Yeah. So I can only imagine that level of, like you've been saying, like it's it's just you've had so much energy and now you don't know what to do, you can't do it. And it it just so much uh, of that energy is just going to, to different aspects of, of your life. So you overthink. Mm, you, you, a lot of overthinking. A yeah. Lot of, yeah. It's a big thing. And a lot of people just brush it off thinking, obviously, I'm just overthinking. It's mm. just this. But it keeps happening, keeps happening, and it messes with your head. And, you know, you don't do something about it. It can it can lead to something worse. You know, I'm not saying everybody is like that. Yeah. But it, it in can. Those, yeah, it can. Mm. Absolutely. And with, with bad days for you, you were mm. saying earlier, um, uh, you would play music or you would write music to help yeah. with not being able to get out of the house or, or. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the good thing. Like, even though my legs were kind of not functioning properly, um, even when I was still on crutches or whatever, I mean, the first gig I played back after my injury, um, I still couldn't bear weight, like put both my feet down. So I actually had to play my bass um, in a band I was in with called Death and Destruction um, with my, my knee actually on a drum stool. So, you know, but, and other people might be like, what is she doing up there? Like, well, why wouldn't you just go home and rest until you're better? But, you know, I had to, I had to get out there. I had to play some music because I needed either a distraction or a creative kind of stimulus or some way of feeling like I could still do something. And at least my, my hands and arms were still working so I could (laughs) play play my instruments, which was a bit of a blessing. But, um, 
like one of my mates from Melbourne, Scotty, he just fractured his hand real bad. And we've been talking a little bit about, um, you know, what he's going through and it's the opposite because he can't play his instruments at the moment because of his hand. Right. So I was yeah. like, well, immobility sucks. And then it's like, yeah, but so does not being able to play your instruments. So yeah. 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 No, I, it's all I, bad. It's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, especially in that instance, you know, if you, why don't you stay home and do that? Some, sometimes you need to get out there and do it. Otherwise, you know, like, oh, excuse me, for, for me, for example, I took, I took some time off because I was mm. going through some pretty, uh, uh, pretty heavy mental stuff at the time. Um, and I, and I thought to myself that, uh, a bit of time away, uh, just to gather my thoughts yeah. and just put a little more focus into my own headspace. Um, will help me when I come back and it'll hopefully give me a bit of a drive when I want to come back um, and, and get more in, involved with the podcast again and, yeah. and, and the whole experience uh, in itself. Um, I think it it's did, hard it, finding the right way to go about it. Like, you know, if you, when you get to the stage, you actually realize and self-reflect that, well, I'm going through a real hard time right now. Mm. What do I do about it? Like, yeah. you know, what do you do? Do you just keep lying around at home? Do you, um, you know, do you isolate yourself? Do you throw yourself more in? And like what, you know, how mm. to go about that kind of getting back on top of things can be really hard because it's different for everyone. And it is, absolutely. you can talk about your shared experiences, but, you know, everyone's going to find maybe a way of dealing with it that suits them personally. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, the first like, 10 days uh, of me taking a break we're all right mm. and then I had some shit happen with the my work uh, the, the work that I was at mm. and this uh, month of time off that I was hoping that would help me with my shit yeah. I ended up getting more shit happen to me um, during that time frame and it's been super stressful and, yeah and like I, I can't I, I actually can't go into it um, but I will at some point yeah um, but yeah, it, just that level of stress that it can give you. Even 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 when I tried to give myself some time to recover and mm. and just not get overwhelmed with that sort of stuff, shit still happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just uh, it, it can't, I said to myself I'd give myself a month. That's mm. exactly what I did. I stuck to it. And even when I thought to myself uh, yesterday, I'm thinking I don't really. I, I snapped back into it. Yeah. Didn't mean to. Didn't want to. It's just a thought that rushed through my head mm. and stuck with me. And I couldn't sleep when I'm going to bed. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want. To, like I, I I don't want to go back to do it. Yeah. I know I wanted to, but yeah. I was just thinking. I just got in that headspace where I'm like, oh, this is going to be shit. I, I, I haven't prepared enough, which I had. I'd already had it done or I had most of it done anyway. I just yeah, just that get- self-doubt that, yeah, you know, it can be it- a really horrible kind of monster inside your head. And that's why sometimes I think maybe like I, I sometimes have, you know, I sometimes probably put out there like achievements I'm proud of with my bands and musical stuff and some people might that don't know me that well might be think, oh, like that's a bit narcissistic or tooting your own horn or whatever. But I kind of was so low that I, if I had something that was positive or that was doing well musically, I was kind of like, well, I really want to celebrate this because it's something that makes me feel better, you know, because, yeah, yeah. you know, rather than I wasn't too worried about, you know, being cool and not you know, just playing it low key. I was like, no, I've really got to kind of be like, yeah, this is great. I'm really proud of what I've achieved here, mm. you know, cause those things meant so much to me 
because of how low I know I'd been. Yeah. And I mean, I was dealing with the leg stuff, but like you said, something else comes along and I had a number of friends like, you know, in one year, like 2018, 2017 was really bad. Like lots of people kind of um, went through a series of deaths, you know, a number of them being suicides and, I, it really hit me so hard because I, I could totally empathize with with some of the people and um, how they felt like, you know, they just couldn't keep going on. Yeah. And so when you you can kind of empathize with what they've been going through, it just was a real eye opener, I think, about mm. how much we need to talk about this stuff. And, you know, especially for guys and not internalize it all because it can end up being really self-destructive. It's happened to me. It's yeah. what I used to do until mm. I just went, you know what, fuck it. My headspace is more important than yeah. thinking what anybody else cares about. Yeah. And ever since ever since I just snapped into that, if someone mm. wanted to talk, if I'm comfortable with the person yeah. I'm talking to about it, then by all means I'll, I'll elaborate on it. Mm. Um, but uh, for the most part, um, you know, it, it just comes down to how comfortable you feel with it. You can't mm. force it, no. obviously. But you also want there to be a comfortable space to talk about it because, yeah. like you said, uh, there's a lot of internalizing that a lot of that mm. a lot of um, the younger generation does. Where if you just if you make it if you make it easy to talk about mm. or uh, easier to talk about it, talk more about it. Yeah, I think in that way it can make it a lot easier for people to open up about their experiences and ha- not have it feel like it's a burden where it's yeah, where that's it's actually the worst. Some, yeah oh it it's just sucks. feeling like you're burdening people yeah. by asking if they you can talk to them or that feeling of like mm. no I can't put these people through it mm. I just have to chin up you know mm. tough up a lip but I've I've all I've quite often found as well that in the uh, in in this scene uh like the the punk scene the the Mm. metal scene like just uh in in just in general like more of the diy style Mm. bands shows gigs that sort of thing the people that come there they're very friendly and Mm. they're very open about that sort of stuff too yeah and it's a good start yeah the more the better though yeah no i I totally agree you know the more people that are okay to talk about it the better why can't if everybody's as friendly as as who I know that are in uh, like mm. within the group of people that go out and play and stuff and how open they can be talking about it. If everybody was like that, yeah. it would be so much It would better. just reduce how taboo it still is. Exactly. Which is yeah. such a clash with how kind of prevalent it mm. is with younger people, you know, particularly males and you know, it's just so so strange to me that it's something that needs to be kind of hushed up. We don't talk about that in public when it's obviously kind of a growing mm. thing that yeah. is, you know, across all kind of sectors of life. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I see yeah. a therapist, yeah. you know. There's, that's the healthy. World's, the world's fucked up. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of shit that's going on right now and, yeah. and there's a lot of stuff that I don't even know about that's mm. going on right now. I got my own issues that I need to make sure I can keep under control, mm. whether yeah, regardless of me knowing about other stuff. I, I need to I need to focus on me. Like sometimes in in those instances, you have to be selfish. Yeah, and put yourself first if you you know this is what you got to do. Have you heard um, that quote about like um, in your lifetime or something along these lines? You know, I won't get it word for word, but in your lifetime, the person you'll have the most conversations with is yourself. So oh, I you talk need to, to kind of you, you need to kind of make sure that that is um you know that person you're having that conversation with isn't just 
fueling more and more negative. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you've got to try and find a way to make the internal monologue um, not just dwell and yeah. on on negativity on the same things yep. and try and yeah. And that's why I guess music helps me with that a bit. I well yeah, like I I I pull my guitar out. I write riffs. I I um I I don't have my amps kind of fucked at the moment though, so I need to fix that. But. I still pull the guitar out. Yeah. I still want to come up. Like I, I, I started uh, jamming out with a with a friend of mine years ago, and we were going to start a band, and we were actually going to call it what what the podcast is based off. And oh. I ended up we I ended up at the time I bailed on. I'm like, no, 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 we can't do that. I, mm. I don't want the whole band like focused around me, sort of thing. Like I'd feel like people would look at it as like an ego thing. But as uh, my mate uh, Acid Matt put it, he was like. Gives a shit. What was his like, name? Acid Matt? Acid Matt, yeah. Good old acid he used to Matt. be the drummer for uh, Decapitated Mum. Oh, I, I've, okay. I've, I've known him since high school. Right. Yeah, school schoolyard boys. Well, that um, actually um, gives me a bit of a tour story jolt to my brain. Oh, really? First time I got offered acid for merch was on the recent tour we just played. <laughs> and, I, I mean, everyone listening, um, I totally said no, I'm on tour. Yeah. But, you know, I was, he was just like, hey, so – would you like some acid for that shirt? And I was just like, what? Sorry, what'd you say? Like, I was just like, that'll be $20. Thank you. And it, yeah. it was like, no, I got this. Do you want some of this? I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty wild. Like, yeah, I think. It, well, there's a, <laughs> a lot Could have been an adventurous time, but I wouldn't been. know. Well, I mean, it would have been a fun drive to the next uh, to the next. I had day. to drive. Yeah, I drove from Port Macquarie <laughs> to Brisbane, then the sunny coast on Monday, and I was like, I could not be tripping doing that. Yeah, no, nah, fuck that. If and it's at night bad. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drugs are bad, okay? No, I, I, yeah, no, nah, fuck that for a drive. That, that'd that be shitty. So bad at and night. And those roadworks suck. Yes, yes, they do. So do you have a lot of, um, uh, what's the word? Um, do you have a lot of, you get offered, well, you get offered acid, in exchange for merch and stuff like that. That has Irrelevant. only happened that once. So just once? That just has happened once. I might okay. be a bit okay. sheltered, but yeah, that was the first time. <laughs> Normally it's just a very easy cash transaction. Yeah. That yeah. was just something that sprung to mind when you mentioned Acid Matt. So right. I was like, oh, that reminds me of this time on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers for the story, Acid Matt. No, Thanks for yeah. reminding Thanks that. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, so... Do you have a lot of stigma that comes from like, from being a woman in this in, in the industry, especially like I've talked to, I talked to Jody about it last time from Flange Panties. Oh um, yeah, I love Jody. Yeah, Shout out to Jody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, love her. Um, and a very but, good sound person too. Yes, yes. And so she she comes from the more punk side of it. Yeah. You come from the more grindcore side of it a bit as well. Heavier, I guess. Yeah. Is, I know I don't know how much of a of the scene uh, is different in terms of how they're dealt with or women are portrayed as in the scene. But do you does is has it been hard um, from your from uh, your point of view, like being in the in the grindcore scene, being a woman in there? Has there been any shitty situations that you've that have come across just for being um, a woman? I mean, a couple of things, I guess. Like I remember our first show and. Um, with bone marrow last year and you know I, I don't think anything ill-natured was meant from the comment but you know it was just like oh it's good to see you girls getting up there and having a go and it's kind of like yeah thanks mate and 
even though I know he was coming from probably a really encouraging space, um, you know, it can come across a little bit condescending and patronizing that we're just having a go. Like, is he going up to the dude saying, oh, good on you having a crack there? Mm. Like, no, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's because they're not used to seeing as many women Mm. in those types of heavier scenes up on stage playing instead of being a bit of a passive patron. Um, You know, for me, I get totally excited anytime I see women on stage or, you know, helping organize shows or, Mm. uh, you know, even with the, you know, press or journalism, just any role because, you know, it can, for me, maybe the heavier you get, it can be a bit more duty. Um, And, I don't know. I personally, yeah, if I see, like, if you see a female vocalist, that's great. But for me, because I still consider myself primarily an instrumentalist, if I see someone up there and they're playing the instrument on stage and I just really, I'm just like full of love in my heart for it. Yeah. I want to see more of it. Um, yeah. And there's some good bands going around, yeah. like women bands going around. B and Jane Lane, um, yeah. Dick Lord, um, who else is there? Uh, Flange Panties, Gutter Birds. Yeah, uh, I mean, Battery Humans, they've got... Um, Jane on uh, guitar and Maddie doing vocals and yeah. um, what is Clowns them? is another one. Well, it's oh, not Clowns a, a full, yeah. yeah, Hanny J. Hanny's great. Oh, and yeah. I mean, Brisbane local. Lie, who are about Lie. to play tomorrow night. Yeah, they're playing tomorrow night. Oh, right. From yep. Melbourne. Yep. That's got like members of Ubik and stuff yeah, members in it. Of Ubik, Masses. Yeah. Masses, uh, another. Pest. Yeah. And ah. Pest actually just toured up. To yeah, Sydney and Newey, yeah. but they didn't make it to Brisbane this time around. I mean, Massacus down in Lismore with Rose on vocals. Yeah. Really great artist too. Uh, Common Enemy, of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, they're, I mean, but they're predominantly D-beat kind of punky bands, which is great. Um, in the heavier bands, like sometimes you can look at some of the metal lineups in Brisbane and I can't find a female in the lineup at all. And I don't mm. even know if the guys putting on the shows are even considering it. Like, right. are they out there looking like, I mean, when I played with a bat and incarnate, uh, it was just awesome. They're, they're from uh, Ireland. They're, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, the bassist is female yep. and, uh, this is not the most recent tour. This is the tour before that. So I think it was probably late 2017 and Amber from Carulian, who's just a blazing lead guitarist, like amazing yep. metal guitarist. And, that was four bands, but three of us were playing an instrument in three of the bands. And we were so excited as a you know group of us that we went and took a photo in the car park, flashing our devil horn fingers. Cause yep. we were just like, fuck yeah. You know, that's awesome to see. And I just, that would be great if it happened all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely understand that as well. Like I, I do. I, I, I love seeing, mm. I love seeing the women get up there and play. Like I want to see more of it too. Yeah. You know, um, more exposure for it, normalize it more. Normalize like, it more, yeah. Exactly. You know, I don't understand why there is. It, like, it could be just that sort of genre that doesn't. I think appeal. it can be a bit intimidating. You it, know, if you haven't be. maybe, if you're young and you, you know, you want to play the guitar or bass or you've been playing it in your bedroom for a few years and you're really into heavy music, but every show you go to, you just see guys up there and chicks in the crowd. It, it can be hard, you know, mm. to take that big step. It can be really uh, like, you know, a scary thing. And, um, I think all we can do, like you said, is the more people that get involved, you know, then the culture can change more and it becomes normalized. And then we don't even have to have these discussions, you know? Right. So, yeah. so could you say, uh, say every venue that puts on the, 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 like the more heavier side of shows, say they put, they have like a, they just say to all, to each other, let's just have, 
like let, let's start let's start start having like like the whole ratio thing yes yeah that's what i was trying to say sorry yeah um i don't mind that kind of i guess um like what it is is really a a kind of positive affirming thing like what do you call it even for college entry and stuff when it's positive what is it called positive practice or something like that affirmative action that's it not positive practice it was still alliterative anyway um but basically it, the only thing I get worried about with that is the backlash from, you know, guys can tend to go, oh, you're only up there on stage because you're a chick and, you you know, they needed to have you. like. Well, you that's know. the sort of people you should kick in the dick <laughs> because they – But they don't say it to your face. <laughs> no, no. But you'll see them around if they're going to be – if they come to shows a lot, you'll see them. Yeah, because it can – I don't want to – Because it, it, that's the sort of shit that needs to be stamped Yeah, it out. feels horrible to be considered just tokenistic, like yeah. the token chick on base. Like that's not – not a good feeling that's, for that's anyone. Not, you don't want to be that. You like you've explained, like we've been talking about the whole, like since we started, like how many instruments you've learned to play. Like you've been doing, you've been playing instruments for years. Yeah. You know, you're not just getting up there having a go. This is, you, you've put in your fucking blood, sweat and tears into this shit. You yeah. Know? You can't tell me that you're just getting up there to have a go after no, writing a 17-minute long song. No, I mean, I know that, song. but the perception of some people, and so that's the perception that needs to change, mm. is that, you know, you're not just a chick filling a quota. You know, that's right. Wasn't yeah. it Cape Cod? What Camp Cod? Cape Cod? The Camp Cod. Yeah, yeah, he played that, and they actually had that line in one the, of their the lyrics. The opener. Yeah, one of their songs. Yeah, like I chuck like us those. on, and we'll be a quote. You know, get your quota filled Fic- or whatever. Uh, fill the quota. Yeah, yeah. and that was kind of speaking of that thing. I mean, I actually made a bit of a risque post that was a bit personal. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna put it out there, but I decided after a few days thinking about it, I would. Where like. I said, you know what, if you like the set I play on any of the instruments or any genres I'm in, you know, come and talk to me about the music. You don't maybe have to come and uh, offer to spank my ass or, you know, kiss my cheek or, you know, that sort of thing because they're not doing it to the dudes I'm in the band with, you know. so I mean, sure, if you're doing it to everyone in the (laughs) fucking band. If you're doing it to everyone, then that's okay. It's equitable. I can can dig that, (laughs) but if you're just singling out. Yeah, like the woman, and like, I don't think on. it was malicious. It was sleazy. Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, I really liked your band, and then you get this big, you know, tongue and saliva all down your cheek, yeah, and fuck it's that. like, uh, like why? Just because I'm a female, you're doing that. Get like, out of my talk fucking- to me about the music. Talk to me about bands you like. Like we can find it very hard to have those discussions sometimes with people you don't mm. know. Um, guys might. I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard. I was talking about this the other day with uh, Jay um, about, you know, my mentality when I go out and get shit-faced and go to gigs is I go there to have a good fucking time. Yeah. I go there to get shit-faced and hang out with my friends. Mm. If I happened, if I happened to spot a, uh, the face of a cute girl and she spotted my face and we actually acknowledged each other and hang out and talking and then something happened, mm. sure. But I don't go out of my way and thinking that I can get away with fucking but spanking someone on the arse. I didn't even think it was just, so so the shit. cute girl thing. It was just actually like trying to come up and say it was like basically trying to be like, hey, I really liked that set. That was great. But instead of putting that into words, yeah. it just becomes this physical kind yeah. of thing. And it was quite interesting by making that post that I had, what was it, three, three, three or four different 
women I know who play in bands as well in, in, in various places in, in Australia, um, you know, kind of say that's the same experiences that they're having, yeah. you know, like Tamara from Greek and yeah. Kador, who I love from Melbourne, who plays in Somatized and mm. Creep Diet. So she's a really great guitarist. Yeah. Thrash guitarist. You could check it out if you haven't, you didn't Fuck know. Yeah, we'll do. Somatized, um, all female band. Yep. And they're, they're fucking all good. And then um, even Elle from Pest, like same, yeah. she's saying same thing last week in tour in Sydney, you know, yeah. um, Tamara saying, this is my common shared experience, uh, years of shows. So it's kind of, it's good to talk about it because, you know, it's not just an isolated thing. No, no. It, the more people I talk to, the more. Uh, the yeah. More and the guys, to. sometimes your mates aren't aware of it because yeah. it's happening on under the surface and they just don't see it. Um, so yeah, I think it's good to kind of call it out a little bit, like not, not any one individual, but just the, the behavior itself and go, Hey, look, you yeah, know, well, it means come people, up and shake my hand or give me a pat on the shoulder. Well, and, and in that instance too, it makes people more aware of what to look out for. If they yeah. see shit happening at a venue or mm. out in public or whatever, if they see something that we see someone uncomfortable or they see something happening, which they know isn't right, they yeah. can be like, Hey, I know what's going on here. Let's fucking try and, you know, let's try and get in the middle of that and diffuse it. Because yeah, because it, it can be it's not necessary. Like, and it can be tricky, you know, to be that person. Then, you know, you want to, you're just having a nice chat, and then all of a sudden, a guy, you know, puts his hand on your hip, and you're just like, you have to then kind of confront them on that on an individual level, and it's just yeah. like, uh, it's just not, rather not. It's <laughs> it's not related. Uh, this in, instance that I'm talking about, that yeah. I'm going to talk about now, isn't uh, woman related in that mm. sense, but. Um, the Days and Days gig in uh, January. Yeah. That, that's um, like a folk punk band, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, Good on the Rocks and uh, someone else played on it that I can't remember. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I went to Was that one. Was it Wheat Paste? Yes. Yes. Because yes, Adam from Terramata plays in that band too. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't know that. Mm, there you um, go. Awesome. He probably that- had a hat on. It was hiding I can't maybe. Remember. I was pretty drunk. That's okay. Um, well, not too <laughs> drunk, but I was. I was intoxicated. Um, yeah, so I was at that gig and it, it was, there was this Irish guy in the crowd and he just, he, he was, he was having a chat to someone and then this old drunk dude, probably in his fifties came over and he heard the accent and he was just all like, oh, where the fuck are you going? All this bullshit. He started getting in his face and like this guy had just rocked up to the venue mm. and you could tell after, after about two minutes, he started rolling his eyes and was just like, this guy needs to get away from me and I could see it. And I'm just thinking, oh, man, he's, he's going to get real shitty real quick. And then I heard him say something like, because he was making fun of his accent. That's mm. right. It came, that came in. And that's when I jumped in. I said, hey, man, like, what, what's the go? Like, why are you making fun of his accent? And he was just, oh, it's all good. I can, oh, I can get away with this. I'm an old timer sort of thing like that. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, man. You're being a cunt. Like, mm. you, that's, that's not an excuse. Like, you don't make fun of. Anybody for anything. Like, yeah, so you went in and backed up the guy yeah, yeah, that you yeah, felt was yeah. being kind of. I, yeah. I just said to the guy, like, don't, that's you being a cunt right now. I'm not being aggressive to you in any way, mm. but what you're doing right now is shit. Stop yeah. It. What was and his reaction, this drunk guy? He was like, oh, I didn't fucking mean it. You don't need to take it too far. I'm mm. like, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I don't, like, I'm not taking it too far. I'm just calling you out for it. Like, yeah. don't think I'm getting aggro or making a big situation of it. Mm. You, did, you said something shitty. You mm. made fun of his accent. He's here to see a show. Get mm. over yourself. And he fucking stormed off and did whatever he wanted, whatever. Mm. Guy afterwards was like, thanks. Like, yeah. I just got here. 
Yeah. I just wanted to roll a ciggy, catch the last of this set. Yeah. And then go downstairs and smoke it. I'm mm. like, hey, man, all good. Like, I just overheard it. And, like, it's not it's not cool to have someone. Yeah, it's good to know, just sometimes have your, you know, eyes open a little bit to what's going mm. on around you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's worrying, though, like, when I did that, because uh, towards the end of it, when he started to get like wide-eyed and stuff, I'm thinking, mm. please don't get aggressive. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like confrontations. Like, if they're not, they're not my biggest fan. No, and that was my first thought. I'm starting to get at the heart race a little bit because he's drunk and I'm not that drunk yet. So mm. I'm like fully aware of what's going on. So just settle the fuck down. Yeah, and you get you get people that that will come along to these gigs. That aren't I wouldn't say. Uh, have been doing it for very long or they may have forgotten the etiquette of mm. what it's like at a, at a, at a show or, or something like that. And they just come in and they just say or do shit that not everybody else is doing. And then they'll come out and say something dumb and ruin the night for one person or make it uncomfortable for a fair while. And Sounds it Sounds a bit like the uh, zig hailing that occurred the other, you know, last month in a Brisbane venue. Um, did you hear about that? Oh, no, no. Please, please elaborate. What's oh, this? Was that that big bong and baby yeah, thing? Big bong and baby. Oh yes. No, I did hear about that. The, yeah. the, the fucking Nazi flag bullshit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I don't even care know. If you're doing. I think what I heard from that recently was it was something to do with a uh, with one of the guys in the band or one of one of the people they knew or someone that had either passed away or or there was something going on and they wanted to do it out of respect for him or some shit like that. And I'm like. I don't think a swastika is ever going to be respectful. No, no, absolutely not. Because what everybody knows what that's like, it has yeah. a different meaning. Yeah. But everybody knows what it's associated with. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck would you think that's a good idea? At I least in that case, it. you know, the venue stepped in, they got the band off stage within minutes, they've been banned from ever playing there and probably won't be playing around Brisbane for quite some time. I could, I could not time. imagine them being able to find a venue that would take them on. No. And I mean, from what I've heard, even I think it was the drama, like, you know, one of the members didn't even know that was going to happen. Yeah, and it was really yeah, someone didn't know just feeling terrible yeah. about that whole thing. But it's just like, well, what's who you're in bands with, you know? like Especially with everything going around as well. Cause I, and this leads on to another question yeah. as well. Like with everything going around at the moment in, in mainstream media about all this and, and with, the, the divisions, politics, yeah, and yeah. the politics, uh, the politics that's that that gets involved in it too. Two part mm. question here, you know, um, it it's it sucks in a bad environment of people. Like when that when that um, big bong and baby thing happened, it wasn't long before that or after that that there were rallies down uh, in Melbourne or some shit like yeah. far right bullshit or whatever Once it was. They killed the beach, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a politician involved in that too. I think his yeah. name was Fraser, Fraser Anning. Fraser Anning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so he's involved with all this stuff. Well, he's he got, popped he's, up to show his support for this basically kind of white supremacist group. I know, you know? and he's trying to go. He's he's trying to get uh, put his own spin on it, saying, "Oh, there's nothing to it. It's fucking bullshit." Like, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Like, there's it's not the first time something like that's been involved around that dude as well mm. but if I, I just don't understand how like it, that that big bong and baby thing happened around either the same day or the day before yeah it was terrible fucking timing well i don't know you if know? it was maybe it was that was no. the whole part of the intent was mm. that oh this rally's going on down in melbourne let's mm. let's be edgy i don't even know like it just it's, you know 
it's pretty embarrassing because like people like what the hell's going on in Brisbane or like in the Brisbane punk scene. It doesn't set a nice uh, future precedent. No, you got to keep the scene clean and keep that those type of people well away from it. You know, yeah, like that. That's a good ring. Mm Um, but no, you're right though. Like terrible, like it could have been done that it could have been done in, in timing with that and had another reason behind why they did it and saying that though, it's never okay to use that sort of shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, no. I, I think most people in this instance would, would some, like you, you'll get a lot of people that'd be like, Oh, you're just overreacting. It's like, well, no, not overreacting. You, do you realize what happened during this era mm. like, and why people don't fucking like it? I think also think the it. context at the time, like you said, like maybe these big divisions that have come up, we've had far-right speakers come out, you know, from the US um, and Canada. Remember yeah. what was her? Lauren, wasn't that? Lauren Southern. Yeah, Lauren Southern came out and then the whole talk about Milo, Yiannopoulos and all oh, that, the MRAs. That guy, a, and yeah, maybe yeah. the fact that all of this is in the media at the moment, we mm. hear a lot about this Trump wall, all of this stuff, which is very very divisive, very demonizing mm. of certain groups within society, definitely not a unifying thing. Um, like I can't imagine five years ago or even two years ago some band rocking up and all of a sudden their swastik is draped on the amps. I just couldn't see that happening. Yeah, but that. because it's out there in the public consciousness, you know, this type of stuff is in a way it, it becomes um, like it's like a gateway. Like it's like, mm. oh, well, I guess it's on the TV and the media and the radio so – you know, we can do that, but it's like, mm. no, you can't get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's absolutely right. Like it's a bit of a scary thought, but it, it does seem a lot more prevalent today than it would have been, as you said, like five, ten years ago, that people feel okay that they can get away with doing something like yeah, that. Or even yeah. opening their mouths like yeah. publicly about those types of things. Like Pe- it's like people a green are more flag. woke now. Yeah. As you would call it. You know, they hear they the, the people are good at picking up when there's fucking bullshit happening nowadays mm. as well, and they get called out for it straight away. Like they'll call people out, I should say, straight away. Yeah, well, I'm glad that know. that happened, that incident, and yeah, that it wasn't yeah, just that. like you know, oh well, just no yeah. mention. It was very decisive action. No, yeah, yeah. You, you pull that shit, you fuck them off because if it happens at another venue, someone might not react the way that it happens that night. I wasn't there, yeah. but like say, excuse me, sorry happened again at another venue mm. turns out you find someone who's really against it mm. turns out he wants to fight you turns out it turns out to be oh sorry i'm spitting the same thing over and over i've had one too many turns out <laughs> aren't you meant to be driving tonight uh, sh- no i'm okay <laughs> no you'll be a sensible um, person I will be. and drink waters up. and have some food i was i was thirsty um two beers wasn't enough that's right i chat a lot you can't keep up so you're, you need to you know oh, keep lubricating getting the pasties in the mouth <laughs> yeah no it's hard it's hard but now i've lost where i've gone that's all right where I am. you know what doesn't matter doesn't matter we were originally talking about the issues with yes. uh, have, uh, the women in the industry and what the shit they have to deal with. Um, uh, it can be shit. It can it, be really well, good. It can be very supportive and, mm, like, you know, you make really kind of good solid links and friendships mm, with other women that are out there kind of being a bit brave and getting involved. And I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm this person who's, you know, I don't want to, 
kind of look like I'm talking myself up at all. It's just that it isn't as easy as you think. All these guys sometimes just like, oh, nothing's stopping them. They can just get up on stage if they've got their own instrument. There's no excuses. Like if you want to be treated equally, then just get up there and act equally. But it's honestly not that easy. Well, judging um, by the way you describe that too, it sounds like someone said that directly to you as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I've that's heard another that. thing. Like, yeah, the response from it when it's like, well, you don't know what it's like. No. You know, I mean, and that goes for any kind of marginalized group, whether it's you know race or yeah. whether it's even kind of I guess queer identity, like any kind of minority groups. It, it, you, 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 I mean, punk and, and all that's meant to be about that, you know. Yeah. It's meant, the meant- freedom of expression and being able to fucking speak your mind is really important, but it has to be within, you know, like say the right uh, context as well. You can't just spitball certain things and say you hate this or hate that or whatever. Like, yeah, I uh, think you have to have a bit of a tough, like, what's it called? Like a tough veneer, or you have to kind of. You know, to get up there and do it and it's a bit of a male-dominated thing and um, yeah, you kind of exactly. – it's it reminds me a bit of surfing, like like as a chick surfing for years, right, even when I was a teenager, guys will drop in on you because, yeah. back, you know, even then there weren't that many of us out there. Just but, that um, attitude. But basically once you get a wave and you can show you can surf, then all of a sudden they give you respect because they've yeah. – but they're looking to see mm. first. They don't give you respect straight away. So they're kind of sussing you out because you're a chick in the lineup. So because you're a chick, they're yeah. sussing out. So as, the as respect example, isn't given. It has to be earned. And that's what makes it tiring yeah. and makes an effort. If Luke had the same uh, skill set uh, in surfing as you yeah. do, would he have the same issue? I don't think no. so. No, that's what I'm saying. And, that's, yeah. and the parallel there with um, – the music world is just that sense of sometimes I can feel a lot of eyes on me when I'm playing an instrument at a metal mm. gig. Like they're trying to see if you're going to fuck up or if you can play your instrument. And it just feels like a bit of a trial or a test, yeah. not by Scrutiny. your friends, not by people, you know, but if there's people there and they're, you know, they're like trying to just go, Oh yeah. Can she play? Can she not play? And I guess I'm competitive. So I kind of push myself to prove how, well, fuck you. I can play. And it kind of mm. propels me, motivates me um, to kind of say that, you won't, you know, you're not, but you see the eyes on you and it's just, mm. I just don't think if I was a dude getting up there to play that they just would be testing it so much. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So where, where do you think you'd see yourself, honestly, if it wasn't for music and it, it, coming like segue mm. sort of. That's okay. Um, in that instance, um, having such, such a high expectation, not necessarily put on you but you put on yourself yeah uh, do you see yourself where do you where do you see yourself being if it wasn't for music getting into it so early i know it's a hard question to answer obviously but i like, see myself if it wasn't for music i don't know man like i've music's just been even even without I'm, even without the stick uh, the stigma of a woman being in the in in the in the heavy scene or anything like that um or even just thinking about that do you do you think you would have been involved with music even without starting so early or oh yeah like I mean when I was listening to music through my teens and everything like you know it it definitely wasn't from my classical Mm. learning of instruments it was totally 
you know, distortion and, you know. My my, <laughs> my first proper band that I seeked out to listen to yeah. was System of a Down. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd listen to stuff all yeah, before Yeah, when, when I was, was like younger. 13, 14, we had the, you remember like, the Hand album? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Toxicity. With like, no, yeah, it was no, before it was the, that. It was the no, self-titled self one. one. Yeah, self-titled. Oh, yes, self yes, Toxicity no, was right. the next Toxicity one. Toxicity was the one with the, uh, the, the Hollywood The Red. Yeah, the Red one. that's right, yeah. But yeah, I mean. Steal This Album and I think my favourite one was Steal This Album. Um, it just straight up, it's just like a blank CD. Like it looks like a burnt CD or whatever. Mm -hmm. Best best design ever. Yeah. So simple, so dumb, but it worked. I just loved it. And the songs were so good. And I think I was 12 and they were the first proper band I got into. And that's how it started for me. I, mm. I listened to System and then I got onto Slipknot and then I got onto Slayer. Oh, yeah. Then I got a Devil Driver and then I got onto Cannibal Corpse. And then from then Ooh. on, it's just everything. I loved everything. And, yeah. and even like sweet, chill, acoustic, folk, yeah. punk. And I, I branched out as I got older and like I didn't stick to <laughs> you that like, hardcore and metal for life. Like I started to appreciate more and more stuff. Like I listened to like Sinatra is one of my favorite, one of my favorite musicians. I wouldn't to have picked to. that. Yeah. He's one of my favorites to, to listen to. I love, I love a bit of classical here and there as well. Yeah. I go, I go and go into all of it. Yeah. But my main roots though, like, you put on Cannibal Corpse straight up. I'll mm. fucking let's start a mosh bit. Like I'll, they're one of my favorite bands. <laughs> my best friend growing up, her parents owned a laser tag place, and we literally got to put the CDs in oh, when we would play laser tag. So we'd be putting like Astro Creep 2000 and like you know Fabian Driven and you know running around with laser tags to how, all like, these bands we I really like. I don't know about you, but yeah. for me, when I hear certain songs, they just there's that epic feeling that you get or the goosebumps you get. And can you imagine like having just like a Do you get ball? goosebumps sometimes from music? Yes, I yes, do. Yes, I do too. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. happen all the time, but when it does, it's like, oh, my God, that um, music just gave me goosebumps. When, it, when when bands have a real sort of like a horror sort of influence in their sound, mm. um, that shit gives me goosebumps. I love that. Like yeah. Spooky, evil, demonic sounding <laughs> sort of stuff. That, that gives me goosebumps. I love it because uh, I used to be a horror nut. Like I used to watch horror movies and shit like yeah. that back in the day. And that was another sort of branching of like when I listened to the heavier shit too, like their artwork, I'm like, holy fuck, this is so crazy. And then mm. like I wasn't that I was fascinated by like all the death and shit. It's just like horror movies was sort of attached to that sort of genre of music and it made me get into it like Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like I was huge on that. Jason Voorhees walking around slashing people <laughs> like a motherfucker. And like you imagine like Cannibal Corpse playing in the background to that. You're just like, yeah, fuck this shit, <laughs> you know, and just going around hard out. And, yeah, that was, again, like one of the big influences for me as I got older um, that well, I drew from. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, if it to like, answer the question I about if I wouldn't have like without the whole learning instruments from a young age, if I wouldn't have been playing music or doing it, um, I – I still would have definitely been going to a lot of sh live shows, like supporting them, maybe mm. maybe helping out. I, I've found that I enjoy organizing shows. Um, like I like doing that. Promoter-esque style Kind of maybe. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like, I, I like it's a good thing to sometimes be able to help, you know, put on bands that you like to see. Yeah, so it yeah can for be, sure. You, know. <laughs> you give you give friend, like more of your friends, especially starting out, like more of a more exposure mm. too, which uh, is also a good thing for especially starting bands as well. I mean, I definitely would really, really sometimes I would love to get involved in 
the sound production side of things. I mean, I've got a cert degree in sound. I was really interested sound, back, but, yeah, back in the day for that stuff too. I mean, it's so digitalized. I think that in, that scares me a little bit, but I really do definitely like hearing all the production and arranging of sound. Like I forgot really to cool. ask this about you earlier, actually. Now mm-hmm. that now that you've mentioned it, like when you went into record and stuff like yeah. that, how did uh, was the ex- the recording studio that you went to? Was it a good experience? Like, uh, did you have a, uh, any issues with any of the recording or anything like that? Or was oh it- no, we ran out. Of, we probably were a bit ambitious. Um, I mean, Bone Marrow was easy as because our drummer. Um, Cliff is like he basically could record and mix and master us, so we've got in-house oh, so he already sound had expertise sk- with yeah. him, and we just did the instruments in one studio, and then we went and did the vocals another night, and that was easy as because he's do- he's in the band, but he's doing it all. Yeah, and then Terra Mata's last one, we went um to Underground Audio, which is Chris Brownbill's studio, but our engineer was Mark Perry, yep. who we worked with on part one as well, and he did sound for us like you know, front of house stuff at Nails and he's just so relaxed and calm and really great to work with. And, you know, if anything, we've decided next time in the studio, we'll do it over two days, not one. Yeah. Because we had like 45 minutes at the end of the night to do vocals and, you know, there's under the pump for time. And um, we, you know, I've already been recording all the stringed instruments all day and I was just exhausted. And I think I sounded kind of even a bit, more like a demon because I was so tired and my voice just was really low because I was just really tired, just a big day. And I think next time we'll probably do all the, you know, the it just takes so long even setting up the drums, but, you know, the drums, guitars, the bass, and the guitars do a double track normally to thicken the texture. Yeah, yeah. But then do the vocals and strings on the second day because it's just a lot to get through. Yeah. 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 I, I've, I've never, like, I've heard people tell me their experiences about it and stuff as well, but everybody's different. Like, yeah. everybody does, has a different approach mm. to recording their tunes and stuff like that. And I, I meant to ask you earlier, sorry, but- um, That's okay. Uh, distractions, man. Especially when, when, especially when liquor gets involved, yeah, yeah. That's that's why the laptop's in front of me. I got to make sure I can go it's back. It's good you forget. have bullet points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll try. I, I'm trying to expand a little bit more on it, but I, you know, I, I think I like, we've expanded quite a bit yeah, on it. I, I want it to feel as uh, as real as possible. Yeah, you know, like it, it gets the best out of people, in my opinion. Um, and, and in saying that too, do you see yourself doing this for a fair while? Like, or do you see yourself doing it like stupid? I might end up doing till you're 80. Oh, look, I might end up being one of those old, like older people involved. I already feel like I'm pretty much one of the older people in, you know, I'm pretty old. I just have chubby cheeks and look younger, but, um, (laughs) you know, I've been doing, I've been playing in bands now since I was like, since I pretty much dropped out of the con and I was like. 1920. Yeah. And now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm actually 38. Yeah. So, you know, that's quite a bit of time doing it. Um, and I, right now I'm really enjoying where I'm at with my musical projects. I think not just taking up like an opportunity maybe to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want to be in a band. There's an, there's an offer. It's more like, you can actually think about what project you might want to be involved in and yeah. deliberate on that a bit more about what maybe you're trying to achieve with that music. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that concept. That's, that's, mm. re- that, that's awesome. Um, but I don't know. I might not have the energy as you're, years you're a go teacher. By. You're a teacher yeah, as well. Aren't I'm you? a teacher yeah. too. And I mean, living on the sunny coast, like, for example, drove down to Brisbane for Prodigy on Monday night. We drove down last, I drove down last night, had band practice yeah. in Brizzy, but I do share it with Chris from Cabo. So I drive to Caboolture. Yeah. 
try not to get mugged and then get in his car and drive <laughs> to band practice with him. And then I'm down here again for this tonight. And so like, for example, I'm like, I'm not going to this... Brisbane this weekend. Yeah. I didn't realize you were, you were, uh, yeah. you were staying up the sunny coast. At the yeah. Moment. That, yeah, that no everyone does. Everyone, a lot of people that don't know me think I'm from Brisbane. Cause they see me at Brisbane shows all the time. But well, it's... I, I dead said the last couple of days I was actually like, I'd seen uh, your Instagram or your Facebook mm. feed come up and I thought you were actually like traveling or some shit. I'm yeah, like, fuck, no. are you actually coming to the podcast on Thursday yeah, yeah. or are you out in the bush? No, I don't know. I, that was um, <laughs> our friend uh, Rita was up over the weekend with the, we had the dark horse like, well, and all them come visit, went to the show and went to a few water, nice waterfalls up there. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, sunny. Waterfalls, oh. waterfalls but Yandina. don't tell everyone because it's like the secret. The main, yeah, because yeah, there's condola and gardeners. You everyone keep knows that one about secret. it. Okay. Okay. No, there, there's always secret, secret hidey holes. It's a slight, it's, it's still a little bit under the radar, but it's worth getting out there. Ah, yeah. Well, let's not expose that too much. There we go. <laughs> but that's all good. Um, I think I think now uh, I can see the the eyeballs of Zane hanging out of his head. Yeah, we're um, getting a bit tired. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's getting a bit uh, a bit wrecked now. But that's all good. Um, so, what have you got coming up next? What's oh. what's what? What can everybody? Uh, how can everybody get a hold of well, the Terramata? Oh, okay, Bone yeah, yeah, yeah. Info? Well, that is being we've got. We sold out of our band copy of pre-orders of the Coloured um, Limited Edition. Awesome. Um, but they can still be got from like Boogie, um, Bad Habits, or from Roger down in Melbourne. He, they've still got a co- few copies of the Coloured ones. Um, we have got our regular, just the Black Standard Records up um, for pre-order. The release date for that is the 22nd. 22nd of, of February. February. So yeah, cool. that's when they'll be kind of going live and being mailed out. And from there we'll be touring with a number that we've kept for the tour. Yep. Um, we'll have part two coming out on tape as well, which is really cool. Like Adam MacArthur from team glasses is putting out a run of tapes for the part two. And also a Malaysian label um, is called 321 Go Distributions. Um, are going to put out like I think 150 of them. That's so awesome. That's really cool. Um, in terms of shows, 23rd of February, Bone Marrow, we're playing at Unite with um, a band we played with down in Newcastle called Minor Surgery, even though I think they're up from Sydney. Okay. Um, and on Unbound from Brizzy, Cavity. I do like Un- – I haven't seen Unbound yet. I know Jacob uh, Yeah, Curtis, Jacob the drummer. The drummer. Yeah, yeah. I, met, I met him down at Distort uh, in Byron a few years ago. Yeah. Nicest guy. Yeah. Nicest guy Good as well. But I still, I still haven't gotten around to seeing them play yet. I'm really yeah. annoyed by that because I see them playing shows all the time too. Yeah. Um, and um, and they, got, they got good tunes. Yeah, good tunes. they are. They're good. They just um, – I saw them down on – over New Year's Eve down at the the Tote and in Bendigo in Melbourne. They yeah. were down there and they actually had Cher, um, Cher doing some, who was from Newcastle but now living in Melbourne, doing some really cool um, step-in vocals. So that was really good to who, see. Who was it, sorry? Cher. Not, C-H-E-R. It's not the real, it's not like yeah, turn back no, time. I, I had, I, for a second there I've, I've, I've just had a thought like, holy fuck, really? <laughs> that, that it would be awesome. <laughs> it kind of would be. Maybe we should approach Unbound about that. <laughs> do it. Do it. And then, that's some guest vocals. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think that would go down Frank awesome. Sinatra. No, um, Saturday the 9th of March is um, the one with the two – should I just say the name of the bands? Like it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm right, not pressuring anybody this in this instance, so not? it's not my call. This the podcast. This oh, this will like, come up. Our mate Stefan Estration from Melbourne and Suppressin from Sydney are going to come up, and um, they'll be playing the Friday at Unite with Unbound and Shit Grinder. Yeah, and then on the Saturday 
with, yeah, that's with um, Shackles and Valhalla Mist and Frame 313 and Pavarotti and Bone Marrow. And then we have a bit of a break till May. And yeah. And then, oh, no, we've actually, Terramata's got a show coming up sooner. It's um, that local attack, which oh, is yeah, on yeah, like yeah. the 2nd of Flaming March. Galar, yeah. Flaming Galar and it, Zod. You should check them out if you don't know them from Singapore. They're really Zod, Z O double D. Yep. Zod. Really, really catchy stuff. And I mean, some of the best, you know, the best kind of local acts getting around, like Mosquito, a fucking rad, members yep. of, you know, Frown and, and Shackles and Shagrindery in that band. And yeah. I might make a thing of the local attack because, so you said the 2nd of March, Yeah, right? Saturday the 2nd of March. 3rd of March is my birthday, so I might get Ooh. super drunk for that then. Might have a reason well, to go check out. The as long as you don't get too drunk that you don't remember the bands. No, of course. No, yeah. I, need, I need to actually... Uh, Remember who I'm seeing. Yeah, there's like important. Common Enemy are playing and Investigers, Greg, and Unbound uh, again, and, and Visit is a like reformed Brisbane bands with a chick drummer. So who was it again? Sorry, that's like um, is it Vis Voice Visit? Visit. Yeah, it's V I S C I D. Okay. Well, yeah. I was just checking up the calendar before anyway. Yeah. The, the podcast is probably going to uh, the episode will probably come out uh, next week on the seventh or something. Anyway, okay. so it. You could be lucky and this could already be out right now, so there won't be any issues. Uh, so, I think that will okay. let me get it's away okay. with if it. it happens, if it happens to come out from this podcast beforehand. Oh, it's not like I'm yeah. announcing I've like, got, I've got the you scoop. know, Slayer is yeah. playing. Oh, dude, that would be so fucking at good. At my man, house. Oh, man, I would love my life if I could announce that first. That would be so good. <laughs> Yeah, but no, no. Um, if if you want to announce, if if you've wanted to announce stuff, you can or whatever. But oh, yeah, that's it's, so cool. It, it'll come out. It'll come out probably in a week or so. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. There won't be any issues with that. Well, thanks for having um, oh, dude, yeah. me I, and like us in. Yeah, it's yeah. been good. I good chat. Invited. No, hey man. Anyway. Hey man. It was. It was. It was great to Here's have all of you. Here's the car companion. Along. It's yeah, like a three-hour round trip. Well, exactly. Like, do you want to do that fucking shit on your own, man? Like, no, yeah. you don't. No, you don't. Absolutely no. not. So, not a problem having you along, man. It was great. Thank you so much for coming along. No too, worries. I hope this I didn't is, babble too much bullshit. No, this has been really fun, man. This is. I reckon this is probably going to go. Uh, this is probably going to be one of the longest podcasts. I think episodes it's. Too. I feel like it's pretty long Only because well, I'm I think a talker. It's going to make it twice. Like it's probably going to add more to it, but because we've already had one of your songs, which is 17 minutes, and oh, and then the last one's like 14 epic. minutes too. So there's. Over 30 minutes it's of music. It's a freaking music, epic podcast. You know, you know, and I'm glad. First one back. So Shit. I'm hoping that this is the amount of content that we get <laughs> on a regular basis, you know. It's a lot of chin wagging. I think my cheeks are sore from smiling so Excellent. much. So I probably over talked and it's time that's, to be quiet. That's <laughs> perfect. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on as well. Uh, I really appreciate it. been great fun. Oh, yeah, and, no um, worries. So we're going to finish the night out as well with uh, Holocaust Extinction Part 2. Is that? Holocene. Holocene. Damn it, no. How, yeah. Do you know oh, what the Holocene, Holocene Extinction Holocene is? Extinction's a big bong and baby song. Yeah, that's a big bong and baby. Oh, I, know, I don't know, but they, oh. you, they put swastikas up. It might as well be. <laughs> yeah, we do not yeah. play the Holocaust Extinction. It is Holocene, no. which Sorry. is actually the sixth extinct phase of extinction that yeah. scientists believe the Earth is going through currently. Ooh. So that's where that comes from. Fuck yeah. I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll look into that a little bit cool. more. Yeah, so I don't. It can also be called the Anthropocene extinction. That's the synonym. Well, this is part two that we're going to go with now. Um, Thank you again. 
Can't, I'll, I'll, can't wait to have you back on again down no the future. Worries. This will be fucking great fun. Bring on the whales. Um, yes, bring on the whales. I can't wait. Thank you again. I hope you guys like this. Catch us later.
Right. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.